the biggest piece I look at now really for myself and others in the benefits world, um, because that's kind of what we're talking about today, is really understand what you value um, in terms of your benefits package and perks, um, your overall compensation, what's important to you? Is it base salary and take-home salary to meet your basic needs or is something like flex work scheduling more important? Hi everyone, it's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A, ambition. N, networking. C, compassion. H, health, both mental and physical. O, organization. And R, resilient. Enjoy the pod. All right, Wolfpack fans, today we have a special guest. Her name is Britt Hurst. Hi, Britt. Hey, Marcy. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to have you today. We're really excited that we're going to get to talk about the future and money and benefits and negotiating salaries, all of these things that are on the horizon for our students as they transition to the professional world. So Britt, tell our our Wolfpack fans a little bit why I invited you to speak today on this topic, a little bit about your professional journey. Yeah, so, um, so I started at NC State actually in undergrad as a student intern. And in terms of my journey, uh, worked while I was um, a student for a private sector company in the Raleigh area. I was actually, my major was under College of Natural Resources, um, but funny enough, I ended up in HR, which seems like um, for most people in HR, that's the case, um, by doing an internship uh, where I was an HR, I guess, specialist or assistant. Um, and ended up staying with that company for over 10 years um, because they did offer such great benefit and perks and uh, moved my way around human resources and different avenues, was a recruiter for a while for the company, um, was a benefits manager, was able to manage self-insured um, benefit plans, which was great experience, and then kind of came back to NC State seven years ago now uh, in the benefits department. So I'm part of University Human Resources Central, and we manage all of the benefits and perks for staff and faculty at NC State, about 10,000 or so employees. Um, So that's a little bit of my background. Um, Any other questions I can answer, Marcy? Oh, absolutely. I got a bunch of them. So I'm going to move from, this is really interesting. You, you studied natural resources. Did you have any idea you'd be doing this today? And please reassure all of our listeners that you don't have to have it figured out when you're 21, right? Right. No, uh, no clue that I would be in human resources, um, you know, especially in benefits and the employee relations stuff that I work with now and wellness. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I, my concentration was parks and rec tourism management. And my goal at the time as a former athlete was to be a sports agent. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and of course, I'm in a completely different field now. So, you know, um, the advice I could give listeners and, and you in the class today is, is um, be open to opportunities because you don't know where it will lead you eventually. 
You 100% don't know. Both you and I love athletics. We love wellness. So to go on a quick little tangent there, I played soccer when I was an undergrad at UC San Diego. And now I've incorporated this love of having a strong fit container that brings me along on this planet during my brief time here. I have become a wellness champion, which is a group that you organized on campus of faculty all over that are trying to spread this gospel. What was your your athletic specialty and how do you incorporate that into your life now? Oh gosh, my background in athletics was uh, softball. I was competitive in softball for probably 15 years. Um, And yeah, that transition through college and then, you know, in my everyday life, just uh, having that um, athlete, I guess, athletic or athlete mindset, um, competitiveness, but also uh, from the health and wellness perspective, um, keeping myself healthy and agile. So. It's so important, right? Because we yeah. can't give, we can't give to anyone else. We can't give to our coworkers, to our boss, to our family. And even today you said you had a little one that wasn't feeling well. I mean, this is the reality of what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Having that time to yourself, you know, I value my time in the gym every single day. So I, I do CrossFit. Um, that's kind of what I've navigated to now, but Um, Just that hour each day, whether it's physically, you know, related as far as, you know, working out or an hour or 30 minutes of mindfulness where you're meditating or focusing on yourself is so important um, to your overall effectiveness. We're kindred spirits, Britt, because, you know, just this week, someone put an 8.30 a.m. meeting on my calendar and I was riding my Peloton and I looked at my watch and I said, I'm going to be late. I told them, don't schedule me before 8.30, y'all, or even nine, because it is non-negotiable that I'm going to get on my bike, that I'm going to sweat, that I'm going to, like you said, do the mindfulness. It's both the physical and the mental fitness that we have to have to, to put a lot of emphasis and priority on. And so, yeah, we just don't, we don't, it's on our calendar. It's like any other meeting that we do. Well, I could talk about that all day, but we got to talk about benefits. So what do benefits mean? I mean, when people think about it, they're like, oh, I get PTO, which is personal time off and I get health insurance, but it's so much more. Yeah. Benefits can be really anything that the company is offering you in addition to your base salary. So, you know, in my world, that is insurance, whether it's health insurance or um, other supplemental health plans like dental or vision or life insurance. It's retirement savings plans. Um, Benefits also includes PERC and work-life balance programs like the wellness program that Marcy and I are so passionate about. Um, so it's anything that adds to the value of, of your work life, really. There's so many things in that, that people may not realize is so much more than a salary. Everyone focuses on how much do I make a year? Okay. My average for, you know, whatever your major was, let's just pick someone in our class business. Let's say it's 55,000 a year. And you say, okay, I got this great offer. I'm set, but this can add up to even more than the salary. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It can. Um, You know, when you're looking at a potential job or job offer, um, you know, our suggestion, obviously, in the benefits world is to also quantify what your benefits package adds to your total compensation. So your base salary may be 55,000. But for example, I've seen health insurance plans where the monthly premium is $1,000 a month. 
So if that's the case, you have to sort of value, you know, what is your total take home? What's your total compensation? What are those costs? And what really is the full spectrum of the offer that you're getting? And these are questions that you'll get to ask when you get the offer as far as the details and dig into what are all the specifics. Like if I get a vision plan, maybe I wear glasses. How much does that cost? You mentioned dental. And when you see people in the work world, Britt, you, you like you said, deal with 10,000 employees here at NC State. Do they typically care more about getting pay raises or is it something else that is a higher value to them? Yeah, most employees actually value benefits or perks more than a pay raise. You know, as employers in the United States, um, unless you're under some federal regulations as far as a federal employer, and, and we are a state employer, so we're, we fall under state law, but in terms of the private industry, you don't have to offer an employee time off, paid time off from work. You don't have to offer them insurance that's sponsored by the employer or a retirement plan. Those are all things that employers offer um, to attract, obviously, and retain the best employees that are out there, but um, are a major factor in decision making as far as employees that accept roles at NC State. I love it. It's it's great. You've looked at the surveys, you've talked to people in focus groups, and they really want these extra perks. It's such an important part of the quality of their life. For example, I loved before COVID. I haven't gotten my my nerve up to work out in a mask yet. I just, I, I don't know. It's I got to be able to breathe. But I loved going over to Carmichael Gym and yeah. doing the classes. And, and that is a wonderful benefit. I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to drive. Y'all have the benefits. You know how great it is. The, the rock climbing wall, all the cool things happening there. And then flexible schedules. This is a hot topic right now. So in my own family, my daughter who works at Google and my son-in-law who works at Tapalte in the Bay Area, they just got permission to work remote, completely remote. So they're coming back to Raleigh. Mama Bear is super happy. And that's because it's a silver lining of what happened. Companies have realized people do not have to sit physically in an edifice that exists in for a company like Red Hat. You don't have to be at your Red Hat cube to do a great job. What are you finding about flexible work schedules and how that impacts people's decision to take an offer? So that's probably the number one question that we get now from candidates at the university. Um, You know, COVID-19 was a disruption in in many different facets, uh, but the the work-life Uh, portion of what COVID-19 taught us is that, you know, work can be done from anywhere at any time um, flexibly. And so, you know, employees are really looking for that. They, you know, for the past year, year and a half, were at home, able to do their jobs remotely. For the most part, we do have, you know, NC State and other employers have some positions that are just uh, have to be in person. But um, for the most part, employees were able to enjoy, you know, work from home and, and the flexibility that that offers. Um, many of us parents had to also become educators at home. Um, so having an employer that's flexible, both with your work hours and also um, with your responsibilities outside of work is what we're finding critically important uh, for our candidates. 
Absolutely. And it's not just in industry, it's in universities, it's in nonprofits. And, you know, I've heard about this great resignation where people are just realizing that they can leave a company. I know a lot of people have left universities. What are you telling candidates that are applying now about this? Does it kind of depend on your own boss or is there a university-wide policy? Yeah, so um, again, we're a state agency at NC State and fall under the UNC system's purview, but actually just last week, we released a new flex uh, work policy campus-wide for employers, and a lot of it has to do off of business operations, so what might work for me and you, Marcy, might not work for um, a university housekeeper in a dorm room, right, but um, the overall goal of the policy, uh, you know, here and uh, UNC system wide is to offer more flexibility because we know that in the private market, employers are able to do that. And so, you know, uh, employers like us in higher education or public sector or whomever really have to stay agile in terms of what we offer for work life programs and perks and benefits uh, to retain and attract the best candidates. You're right. And and they're going to be comparing all these different offers when they get them. And it's going to be a matter of saying, what's important to me? Some people love going straight into the office. Some of my colleagues are like, I have gone crazy at home. I don't like that my laptop is open until 11 p.m. I don't like that I don't have a transition from work to my personal life. A person like you, you've got children, you've got all this to deal with while you're trying to do your job. So a lot of it is, like you said, you are trying to be competitive with what's going on in industry. And there's things other than flexibility. Uh, For example, I'm using some of my graduates, they've gotten, you know, these cool perks where you get your dinners just given to you when you go to work. I mean, I think a lot of times they don't want you to leave. So they're like, let's feed you some gourmet food and keep work, work, working. And that can also impact the integration or balance you have with life outside of work. Are there any kinds of other perks um, that you have heard about that really are things people should look at? You mentioned, obviously, the insurance, and we've talked about, um, you know, having the wellness benefits, but what about going on for more schooling, perhaps, or other things? Yeah, so uh, some top perks that we see employees interested in, both here at the university and just in the market area, is really student loan assistance programs or forgiveness programs, a lot of employers, especially in the private sector, will offer, in addition to base salary, uh, student loan assistance or forgiveness program where they will pay a certain percentage of your student loans uh, if you work for a certain number of years with them. And so that can be a critical benefit um, that obviously you guys know this, you're at the university now, many of you have uh, loans that you, like myself, will be paying off for 10, 15 years, right? So Um, Those are things that you can negotiate in when you're accepting an offer if an employer doesn't have a standard program, but that's that's really the top one that we're seeing in the area. Also, education assistance programs are are super valuable. Um, You're graduating with your undergraduate degree, many of you. um, You may, based off of your field of study, need to go on to a higher form of education, and will your employer help sponsor that? based off of the value or benefit that you can bring back to them, um, or will they not? And that may be a deciding factor in whether or not you accept a job. 
That's such a big deciding factor. And I know from firsthand, my my other daughter who was working at the FBI, it's a federal agency. And so she put in a proposal for them to pay for her graduate education. Now, of course, it had to be reviewed. It had to be uh chosen. And then once it was chosen, she had to stay working for them for a little while because obviously they want to return on their investment. They're not supposed to say, get your MBA and go off and make some other company money. And so in her case, um, she went to Georgetown and got her master's degree, did her term of service, which wasn't really that long, and then left the agency and has moved on to a new career change. So you're right, that can add up if they pay for grad school. It really can. Other things like certification or training, you know, based off of your job, you have to have certain certifications. I do um, in my role in human resources. And whether or not your potential employer pays for those certifications, you know, obviously impacts your take-home pay, um, but also the value that they're placing on, um, you know, your perks. So that's something to consider also. Agree. And even for, for people who don't have children right now, it may be seeming a long way off, but things like childcare are yes. a big deciding factor. Have you heard of any companies or does the university or state offer help with that? So the university does sponsor childcare benefits for full-time employees, um, staff and faculty at the university. We pay a percentage based off of the employee's income of their childcare tuition costs. So for those of you who are unaware of the cost of, of daycare or childcare, uh, it can be quite expensive. I know, Marcy, it's been a long time since you or I um, have had children in daycare, but I think the average weekly rate in the Raleigh-Durham area uh, for full-time childcare is anywhere from um, 200 on the low end to 350, 400 a week. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, a total salary of $55,000 a year, um, but you're planning on having a family and need to enroll your child in childcare, you know, does your potential employer have a program that helps sponsor it? Do they have on-site childcare options? Um, like, obviously, everybody's heard of SAS or Red Hat who have these um, on-site programs. Or are they willing to negotiate that in? Because childcare can be a huge um, chunk of your take-home pay. For sure. My goodness. I don't know how people even afford it. You're talking $300 a week and you got to figure that out with how much you're making a month. And wow, it's, it's challenging. So thinking about what your company offers and even later in life, like when your kids go to college, if you were working at the state, um, everyone has said to me, oh, that's great. Your kids can go for free. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. My kids can't go to NC state for free, but I did get offered another opportunity at a private school and they would have paid for my dependents. Like I said, those $60,000 a year private school fees, if I worked at, it was Tulane University, I didn't want to move to, um, I think it's Louisiana, but I, um, <laughs> I was like, dang, that's a lot of money with two kids. It definitely is. And, and, you know, while these things may not be super important to you right now, you know, if you're accepting a job offer right out of university, um, they still want to be a consideration because, you know, many of us think, okay, I'm going to get my first job right out of college. I'm going to work there for a couple of years, gain some experience, move on somewhere else. And that's typical, um, but you could end up staying there like I did for 10 years. And what you sign on for um, sticks around, right? And so it's important to kind of look at the full benefit and perk package 
for any offer that you're considering. It's a lot to review, and I'm glad we're getting into some of the nitty gritty of it. I mean, there's even little things. I know this sounds super like, oh, that's not a big deal. But when I worked over in the College of Ag and Life Sciences, they always gave us free fair tickets every year because it was like agriculture and now the fair is going on. Everyone's like, oh, I'm eating my, you know, fried dough and whatnot. And I would get so excited for my little fair tickets. (laughs) And I don't know, things like eggnog at, at Christmas time, I would yeah. get um, eggnog from NC State Food Science. And yeah. I don't know, you just like every little thing that they do for you just kind of makes you feel like, you know, your employer cares for you. Are there things like that to you, Britt, that matter that are little things? Yeah, I mean, obviously the eggnog is probably the number one. You know, uh, my building is admin services too, right near transportation, if you're familiar with campus. And so we're right near Howling Cow Creamery. So one of my favorite things is that they have us test out new flavors before others get to. And that's a little perk that HR has offered. And you're seeing like, oh, testing out ice cream, but it's like the best thing. And so it's one of those where it, it, it lends to the culture of the place that you work. You know, Marcy, you with fair tickets, me with Howling Cow ice cream test samples or whatever. It's just those little things that add up. So it's important to pay attention to those um, because they do speak to whether or not the employer values you and is really trying to retain you. When you see employers with sort of bare bones benefit or perk programs, um, they're not necessarily looking for you, um, you know, in general to stick around for a long time. They're they're having a, a very vanilla package for benefits and perks, hoping that you accept a job and are not putting a lot of the company resources into retaining you. Um, so that's, uh, you know, a key indicator that you should be looking for when you're looking at jobs. Yes, yes, yes. And Britt, your emphasis on that is so important because people literally don't think about it. All they look at is the annual salary. And then they realize, wow, I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to name this person, but there is a person in my family and we're trying to go on this trip. And we said, oh, let's go now that things are opening up. I mean, I've got so much time off y'all. Like that is one thing the state gives you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're going to give you bonus leave and you've got annual leave. And this one person in my family, they get so little time off. They can't go on vacations. Yeah, yeah, that's a big perk that um, we I would recommend everyone value when you're considering a job offer. Really look at how many days of leave are you getting, whether it's vacation or sick leave or paid holidays, whatever. And what is that monetary value? Because if you add those hours up, you know, like here at the university, we get 24 days of vacation leave, 12 days of sick leave a year, 12 paid holidays. So if you're adding that up, that equals a lot in terms of total compensation, Um, but also it it speaks to the flexibility that like the university or your employer will offer. If you don't get very much vacation leave, um, they're not really valuing your time away from the employer, right? It's important that you have the ability to take vacation days, time with your family, but also a mental health day. You know, if you don't get any leave at all and you can't take a day off from work without going unpaid, Um, you know, that's something that I personally would not, that would be a a deal breaker for me, I think. 
Uh, you are speaking my language and I'm so glad you brought up mental health because I recently heard uh, an interesting phrase and this is very timely because of course at UNC Chapel Hill just last week there was a big mental health day and um, I was excited about the other thing that happened not not that because it was a bad reason why they had a mental health day it was due to a suicide but our our lady Wolfpack just beat the UNC Tar Heels in soccer and so I was talking this was last night I was talking to because it was a big upset um, some of the fans from both sides about that mental health day and I was saying um, you know what you should be able to call in when you're a worker a professional and you're all in this uh, adulting transition time you should be able to call in sad and that's very different than calling in sick oh I'm calling in sick because you know I'm COVID positive and I don't want anybody to get COVID or I have strep throat and I don't want anyone to get strep before COVID everybody came in you know sneezing and coughing to work and I'm so glad people are staying home when they're sick but you know what mental health is just as important right Britt yeah absolutely um and you know NC State University has really um, ramped up our offerings in mental health for staff and faculty. NC State has just embarked upon a big initiative. About 16 of us across campus, and Marcy will present this tomorrow actually at the Wellness Committee meeting, we're trained as mental health first aid um, instructors. So we're nationally certified to instruct uh, students at the university and staff and faculty on mental health first aid, recognizing signs and symptoms. Um, so uh, again, in, in terms of perks or benefits or culture, that's really an attestation to NC State's a dedication to the overall well-being of their community, students, staff, and faculty. But as an employer, paying for a certification like that on my and others' behalf, which is around three or $4,000 for that certification, is a big perk. Um, so programs like that are important to look into as well. I am a big advocate of the mental health and I use the benefits myself. I have my own therapist and I will tell you there is no shame in the game for working on your emotions. If you feel anxiety, students, we know that over two thirds of college students nationwide are reporting overwhelming anxiety and having that support can really, really help you get through tough times. All right. Now we got to transition into this whole part of the medical insurance. I is alphabet soup, HMO, PPO, HSA. Walk us through what people should be looking for because many people in this group have no idea how much their parents are paying for their insurance. They might stay on their parents' insurance until whatever age they're allowed to, but then they have to really understand this jargon. Yeah. Um, so if you are unaware of what type of health insurance plan that you're on because your parents are sponsoring it, you're not on the university student policy, I would recommend you have a conversation with them and ask a few questions. You know, what type of health insurance coverage do I currently have and how much does it cost? Uh, when you're looking at potential employers, some important questions to ask are, you know, does the employer sponsor or even offer health insurance? At the university, NC State sponsors employees' coverage. We pay around $530 a month per employee enrolled on the plan for their health insurance. Um, so they pay as little as $25 a month for their coverage because we sponsor so much of it. Um, you know, you want to look at also what is the cost to enroll dependents. While that might not be a concern of yours right now, just out of college, 
you may end up with a spouse one day and children that you want to enroll. And that can be uh, very costly. You know, at the state to enroll a family in coverage is $700 a month for, you know, a spouse plus children. That's a lot out of your paycheck. So those are things you need to pay attention to. Um, some other questions you need to know or um, value is what will you pay if you need emergency care or surgery? What are your deductibles and your out-of-pocket costs? What are the costs at certain points of service? So if you have the flu and need to go see your primary care provider, will you pay a co-payment? Are you on a PPO plan, which is what we're on, a preferred provider organization where typically you have a copay? Or are you on a high deductible plan? A lot of private sector employers are moving to high deductible plans where you have to meet a deductible until the plan pays any um, cost of your coverage. So some deductibles can be five or $10,000 a year. Um, so if that's what your potential employer is offering you and you break your leg and have to go to the hospital and pay $5,000 out of your pocket before your benefit kicks in, that's something you want to consider when you're negotiating your salary. Um, so those are some big questions. Also, what type of providers can you see? You may be used to just handing your card over um, that your parents give you and paying a $20 copay, and you can go to any doctor you want to. Um, that means that they have a PPO type plan. But if your employer is offering what's called an HMO, and I know this is again, alphabet soup, like Marcy said, a health maintenance organization, you're very restricted into what providers and where you can go, what hospitals you can use. Um, so you want to sort of value, is that important to you, important enough um, to not accept a job offer based off of your medical need? Um, so those are some of the big considerations with health insurance. And I have one of those cards and I yeah. literally, I look at this card and I'm like, okay, so here's all my stuff. If I go to a physical therapist, it's going right. to be, you know, $26 a copay. And if I go to a specialist, it's 40. And if I go to urgent care, I pay 70. I mean, all this is on this card. You may have a card like this from um, your guardians or who, whoever's in charge of your medical right now. Yeah. And you're, you're so right that it adds up um, even the prescriptions are you on a prescription? Yeah. I mean, that is something every single month that you are needing. Maybe yeah. it's birth control. Maybe it is, you have to get contact lenses, all these different things. And I remember recently where I went in to get a prescription filled and, um, my pharmacist said, Oh, that's not covered. And, and I was just like, wait, what, what do you mean? It's not covered. It was going to be several hundred dollars. I've learned, and I don't know if this is just how it's confusing to me, but I'll ask my doctor when they prescribe something, I'll say that, is that covered by Blue Cross? <laughs> because like, I don't want to be paying thousands of dollars and maybe they can put it in a generic form or something. I mean, do you ask those questions? Yeah. So, um, you know, our plan has what's called a closed formulary, which is getting really into the weeds of benefits administration, but it means that our plan chooses the prescription drugs that are covered under the plan and which ones aren't. Um, so there's actually a list. Um, some plans have what's called an open formulary where you can get any prescription drug that you, you know, are prescribed, but there's a certain cost, you know, associated with it that may be higher than normal. Um, so yeah, those are questions that you should ask, especially if you have a lot of prescription drugs, 
you want to value and what that looks like in terms of a monthly cost um, when you're doing, I know Marcy mentioned you guys did a budgeting exercise, but if your co-payments or um, cost of prescription drugs monthly under a potential employer's plan is $200, $300 a month, which kind of average um, if you have several prescriptions, then you want to value that into your job acceptance and your salary negotiation. Absolutely. And this is, this is these, all these hidden things that like, I just stood there and looked at the pharmacist. I'm like, well, what do I do? You know? And so it is complicated. (laughs) I think it's complicated. And I think I'm an educated adult woman that should understand all these things by now, but I'm literally still finding it challenging. What about maternity and paternity? Is there like an across the board, um, if you are an employee in the United States of America, you get it or what? So if federally, um, if an employer has 50 or more employees in a certain radius, they have to uh, offer um, basically uh, FMLA, which is time off from work for a medical or a family related reason for up to 12 weeks. But that time off does not have to be paid. Um, So basically, there's no mandate in the United States to pay workers for maternity or paternity leave or if you go out on disability. So one in four workers become disabled at some point during their career, whether that disability is temporary, like a maternity or paternity leave, or whether it's permanent. Um, So that's something that you want to look at with your potential employer is if I have to be out of work. Uh, for the birth of my child or adoption or uh, because I'm injured or need mental health treatment, for example, does my employer pay for my time out of work or um, do they have some sort of supplemental policy or do I go unpaid? And that may be a big decision factor for some of you, um, whether or not you accept that role. NC State, thankfully, um, as state employees, we do get maternity and paternity leave, but that's a fairly new policy. Actually, we were kind of behind the curve in terms of um, a state agency offering that um, for the past 10 10 or so years, but uh, recently adopted that where we give um, birth mothers eight weeks off of paid leave where they don't have to utilize their own balances. So that's a big perk here at the university. We also give paternity leave. Your employer doesn't have to do any of that. So that's incredible. Your employer can just say, yes, go take care of your infant and good luck paying for all of the things you need to pay for because we're going to stop paying you. Right. So if you don't earn things like sick leave or vacation leave or paid time off, you're kind of left um, with a gap of income. But also during that time period, you do have to continue your benefits policies. You've just had an infant. You want to add them to health insurance. You have to continue paying for that. So what does that cost as well? Um, so those are all perks that not many people think about um, when they're signing on to an employer, but they're critically important when, when the need arises. You're so right. You just, you do not think about them and you're bringing up so many things for people to think about. And the medical side is just astronomical when it comes to having your dependents. And then I know recently I had one of my dependents go off of my insurance. So I was the primary person. It might be if you have a partner, you know, if you're married, maybe that person is the primary person that covers the, um, that's, that's a great question. If you are under your mom and dad's policy to say, 
am I under mom's or am I under dad's and why am I under that person's? So for me, when my daughter got her offer for benefits, um, I said, okay, she's like, I could stay on your policy, mom, because, you know, I'm allowed to, what is the aid? 26. 26. So, so you get to stay on, I don't know how many more years that'll be with the politics of what's going on in, in our own country. But um, so anyways, I said, no, 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 sweetheart, you're actually going to leave my policy now and, and go be an adult because I was like a $300 pay increase. Like I was like, I'm going out, buying me some clothes, going to the theater. I've done enough for you, sweetheart. No, but, but seriously, like with that thing about, um, you know, benefits, it's, it's crazy how that all adds up. It really is. And, you know, the age 26 mandate actually um, is fairly new in terms of federal policy. That was enacted when the Affordable Health Care Act was, um, uh, I guess, uh, placed into law in 2010. Prior to 2010, um, before ACA, you would go off of your parents' plan at age 18 unless you were enrolled in, in um, a higher education you know, form up to age 21, and then you were kind of on your own. So thankfully, the Affordable Health Care Act granted some provisions that do protect your coverage. Um, but those are things that can always, like Marcy said, with the political landscape change. So true. So true. So vote, 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 because you need to vote and, and have your voice heard when there's conversations about things being changed and cut. And I, I think that's so important. You have been a wealth of information. My goodness, this is, I learn something every time I talk to you. So let's go into our time machine in the year 20. 41, we're going to take two decades of the older, wiser Britt Hurst to tell you today what you need to hear. What advice would you give to yourself? So um, I had to think about this, Marcy, because this is a tough one, right? Um, so where I'm at right now, what the advice that I would give myself, I think, and this could always change, would be um, to um, embrace failure. I think that's a hard concept for many of us. Um, here today, many women, um, whether it's a failed project or a job or something, you know, within motherhood that you fail at or a relationship, um, really to be able and learn how to sit in failure, um, understand what you can learn from it and build it as sort of a brick towards your success, I think is advice I would give myself for so many years, especially in the private sector, it was go, 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 you know, and I also viewed saying no to an opportunity or to a project or to extra work as failure. And I think it's important um, to really realize that saying no to something is okay and not succeeding or, or doing as, as good as you thought you would is also okay if you learn from it. So I think that's the biggest piece. Um, the, the biggest piece I look at now really for myself and others in the benefits world, because um, that's kind of what we're talking about today, is really understand what you value um, in terms of your benefits package and perks, um, your overall compensation, what's important to you. Is it base salary and take-home salary to meet your basic needs, or is something like flex work scheduling more important. Um, what I found, you know, during COVID, and just like many others, Marcy, that you mentioned, is that the flexible work arrangements and being able to be there for my family is something that I value way more than my take-home pay, um, and you know, is is a big perk to me. So really, sort of understand yourself and and um, what you most value. Thank you, Brett.